There we go. Hi, Colin. Uh, thanks so much for joining me on the Grumpy Pony podcast. Hi, Ben. You're right. Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you doing with the snow? Is there any snow near you at all? It's absolutely it, chucking it down near me. Uh, yeah, it's chucking it down yesterday. Uh, we woke up to a lot of snow, but it's that light, fluffy stuff that's just you know rubbish, rubbish for making snowballs. And uh, so you get all of the uh, all the negative effects of the snow without any of the fun. It's terrible yeah. at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, well, let's just get straight into it then. Um, battle systems, like obviously you do the terrain, you've got your games and things, but I wanted first, before we get into all of the other stuff, I wanted to talk about sort of just how battle systems became an entity in its own right. How did you go from starting, you know, how did you actually start battle systems in the first place? Uh, well, I'm a gamer uh, at the end of the day, have been since I was, um, crikey, I think 13. I was 13 when uh, uh, a friend of mine at school uh, brought in the original um, Warhammer 40k book. It was Rogue Trader. Um, and up until that point, I'd always been like most kids playing with toys and stuff, but I was always fascinated by any toys that had little figures in them. So I'd had like the Batmobile and I was like prizing out Batman and Robin with a butter knife and all this sort of stuff. And I was playing with these tiny little kind of characters, even though they were, they were kind of sitting in, in, in a kind of a fixed seated position. I was playing with those. Um, and I always liked, um, I always liked, uh, toys where the figures were really small because it meant that the environment you could play in was was huge. So um, I would um, things like Action Man and stuff like that. These big twelve inch. I was never into anything like that. Star Wars, big fan of that three and three quarter kind of thing. Um, and then, um, but I always tried to get these smaller figures. Um, I was quite into. Uh, there was an old cartoon called Mask. Um, that oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I can still still sing the theme tune and uh, the words of that. And <laughs> those figures were a bit smaller. Um, they've got to be like maybe one and a half or two inch. And and th that that was a bigger world for me. And obviously Lego was great for that. Um, and then, but there was never anything that really satisfied my science fiction kind of fantasy science fiction side. And then this book was handed to me, and it was amazing because I opened it up and it was like someone had read my mind about the best you know, kind of thing that you could toy as far as I can see. And I, I still see them as toys. Yeah. Um, and that was it. I took that book home. They let me borrow it. I gave it back a week later and every spare bit of money went on, on that. Um, that was my, that was my in to, um, to gaming. And then like most people, I disappeared and um, uh, just like worked <laughs> for, for, for 20 years um, and then, um, yeah, and then eventually I was kind of like, I was always playing these games and I just I just got fed up of the daily grind, basically, the rat race and the, you know, um, the job that I was doing. So I decided that um, I'm going to try and... Um, so I'm just take the plunge and just go for it. Just have a go. Yeah, just do yeah. something. Um, and I just started making some stuff and sharing it on Facebook. And people were like, oh, man, you know, I, I want to buy that. And uh, some very early terrain ideas and things. And uh, it went from there, really. I just I just thought, well, well, we'll stick it out there and see what happens. I did some print and play stuff where people can print stuff and download it and things like that. And um, so, so at that time, was it all card you were making as well? Was it? Or was it? Yeah, well, it, this is how. Yeah, card, yeah, card, yeah. So it was, it was um, up until that point. Whenever I 
playing my own games of um, whether it be Star Wars or my version of 40k or whatever, mm. um, I um, I just made all my own scenery, you know, scratch built it like you like you would do in the old heavy metal, you know, style. Um, and and then what I started to do was I started to get frustrated with the fact that I'd make I'd spend hours and hours making a building and then I that built I get bored of that building. It's just the building. It sits there. It doesn't do anything. Um, and all my buildings had interiors as well, which you never really got because I used to like to go inside the buildings in yeah. my games. And um, I, what I started to do because I didn't have a lot of time because I had a day job and I was, you know, fully grown adult, you know, feeling guilty about make, playing with toy soldiers. <laughs> and I, um, I basically kind of put my uh, started building some stuff out of card that I could kind of move around very quickly and readily. So every time I had a game, I could set it up really quickly and just have a different environment. So I could kind of tell a story. Um, And so I've always been used to kind of just working with cardboard and a scalpel. And I made myself some, uh, some stuff like that. And I, um, I printed it all out and started doing it and shared it on Facebook and people were proper into it. So um, I produced the files in a PDF and, a load of tutorial videos and um so battle systems when it launched i was it was just like a self-employed thing it wasn't a company and i just put out this print and play stuff so people could print it with the tutorial videos mm. um quite demanding for the hobbyist it wasn't for the you know the casual guy uh, or girl and um but it was it was popular but it was everybody loved it but it was it was just cons- time consuming you'd Much spend like the experienced hobbyist yeah i mean you'd be spending a couple of months building this stuff but when it's done it was great you can modulate and move it around etc but it was it was intensive and it wasn't easy cutting do you know what i mean it was it was hard stuff so um i did that for a year and um obviously while working and i and uh i think uh made about 20 pounds but by the time i'd paid all my you know uh you know i bought big graphics tablets for like you know 1800 quid and stuff you know so by the time i got to the end of it i was like okay well this is great fun i've learned a lot about photoshop and all these different things and i was just like okay cool um this is now, not was business that, was, that, was that anything to do with your previous job or did you just learn all the photoshop stuff on the like no, I had to. I, I've always, yeah, I've always been an artist. Uh, I didn't use Photoshop. I've always been an artist, but like very traditional pen and paper kind of thing, um, which is quite constrictive in itself, to be fair. Um, uh, so I, I realized that I couldn't just do this on pen and paper and then just take photographs of it or scan yeah. it. It wasn't going to work. So um, I, uh, I, I, when I was. Uh, I did 20 years with my uh, initial company and after 20 years service, they gave me some, uh, they said, well, look, you can get yourself something. We'll pay for it. And I bought this expensive graphics tablet. Um, And uh, I, I, uh, uh, a mate of mine, a long-term mate from when I was back, you know, from 15, 16 years old called Wayne, um, who I'll probably mention a couple of times. uh, He, he said, here's Photoshop, try this, you know, and just showed me the basics and just said, look, this is how you, grab this, draw that, do this thing. Um, and I spent about six or seven months learning that. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that I kind of just, I, I, I had the basic artist skills, you know, but I didn't, I didn't understand the Photoshop. So I, I did it all in Photoshop and uh, yeah, did the print and play stuff. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I pulled that from. Yeah. It's really interesting you say about the Photoshop because in, in, Previous weeks, I've spoken to um, a guy called Oniris, who is an exclusively Photoshop-based artist. Sure. And he, he was sort of self-taught, and he just uses Photoshop for his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's helped him with like his workload as well. So you find that as well, that the move from like Photoshop actually helped increase your workload. Were you able to do more using Photoshop or do you still feel uh, better with the pen and paper? Uh, right, well, okay, so if you want me to compare now, um, absolutely better uh, with Photoshop. Um, but I did, I, ca I can't compare it to how my productivity before because I wasn't a jobbing artist, you yeah, know, my day yeah. job was, um, you know, nothing to do with art at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 20 years being creatively kind of depressed, if you like, you know, <laughs> never, never being able to actually do what I really love doing, um, which is what really drove me to, um, to, to move away yeah. from a normal job. But, um, but as far as, um, the using Photoshop and computer programs, um, I wouldn't be able to do anything. I wouldn't be able to do anything that I'm doing now without those kind of programs. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's a bit of a learning curve for uh, maybe, but Photoshop is just um, for editing photos really. Uh, but most art, art, you know, a lot of artists use Photoshop. Um, and there's actually two programs I use. One is uh, uh, I've got like an iPad Pro, um, which as far as I'm concerned is something that has absolutely changed my productivity dramatically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Normally, normally what I do, I would, uh, I would do some sketches on paper of a character. So I'm going to design a character. I'm like, I need this new trader for core space or whatever. I'd yeah. sit there and I'll, I'll, I'll draw it on paper um, and I'll do a sketch. And then normally I'd scan it in and then I'd, I'd use a light box to, to, to do the back of that character and change the details. So I've got front and back and I'd do like a little pose for a sculptor or whatever. Um, and, that's all great, but I have a program uh, on uh, an iPad Pro with uh, the Apple Pencil and um, other tablets are available. Um, <laughs> and um, I, there's, a, there's a program um, called Procreate, which is a bit of a weird name. Um, and it's basically um, like, it's basically Photoshop for the iPad and it's absolutely okay. brilliant. Loads of people use it. Yeah. And I, I actually use that now instead of paper to sketch the initial characters. And what it does, it gives you a freedom. Yeah. That you're not worried about making mistakes. Um, and there's a lot of really useful tools on there uh, that allow you to um, really design characters and, and mess about and not be scared. So if you've got a pencil sketch, you you can feel like oh, I don't want to ruin this by experiment with this or trying that. Whereas on on there, um, I can create a new layer and just start changing the drawing with an idea, and yeah. then go no, that was a silly idea, and then you get rid of it. Um, but but some of the great uh, character details have come out from me going. I wonder if and I just do it, and I'm like wow, I never would have done that on paper because I would have been scared of messing up my sketch and having to start again. Yeah. So I absolutely. Um, just like recommend uh procreate you have to buy the app but it's kind of like it's i think if i remember right it's like 14.99 or something it's just it's nothing compared to what it's done for my artwork paper itself um, in, in that yeah it has and of course your artwork uh gets better because you get more confident and you're not on pencil and paper you're very much kind of careful, 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 you know, try and get it as neat as possible. And what happens is you end up with the details, but often use the loser dynamics in the character. Yeah. Uh, whereas on there, you just, you just don't care because you're like, well, I make a mistake. You just, you just kind of infinitely adjust it. Um, and there is, um, it has just changed the way I draw, um, but also speeded me up. Hmm. So I can knock a character out a fully fleshed character within an hour, which might take me a lot longer of scanning and using light, you know, light box and all sorts of silly, crazy stuff. 
yeah which is all good like you know background <laughs> you know art skills you know i don't want to i don't wanna, i don't want to uh, like uh, put a real poo poo on that because it's very important but uh, but yeah it's um i absolutely love that that's that's kind of that and then photoshop so if i'm going to go to color and really color the artwork in and do a completely finished thing i'll then move over to photoshop procreate can totally handle the colors i'm just used to photoshop for coloring and texturing yeah. so I'll, I'll do it on there and i stick it over to um photoshop uh for if i'm going to do fully finished colored work um as far as the terrain is concerned i just use photoshop and nothing else um and I go straight into it because I, I tend to kind of create the terrain. When I design the terrain, I design it in my head. So I don't use any sort of CAD or anything. I just right. design it in my head. I can see exactly how it's going to fit together three-dimensionally. And I just draw it flat straight onto Photoshop. And then I color it and do it. And it evolves all at the same time. So the interesting thing with that then is, is do you find it easier then because you've got a bigger screen with the, with you say, like if you're on Photoshop, using the bigger yes. screen so you can sort of plan it out more because... You know, your your terrain is all, you know, the way it fits together. I, I think is is, am is amazing because you've Thanks. got so many different sort of buildings and things that you can get. They're all flat packs as well. You know that I think yeah. that's incredibly clever the way it does it. And, and I think, yeah. So it's, I suppose like having that bigger screen just allows you to do that more, and you can sort of plot it out. I guess it's uh, yeah. The bigger screens are convenience more than anything. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing it does help is that you do tend to get um, a lot of time with artwork in general, you can very much end up um, kind of being too focused on a, sing a singular point um, and right. being able to kind of click in and zoom out and look at it as a, as a bigger picture. Mm. Um, that really helps to uh, understand that. Uh, I would say uh, with when I was working on a smaller screen, occasionally I would sort of zoom out and be like, ah, yeah, that's is the scale's wrong or something like that. So the bigger screen helps with that, um, and just generally having a bigger work surface is is good. Um, as a, uh, I mean, using air quotes, as an artist, you know, growing up, um, I always used to work on A4, you know, whereas you know proper artists <laughs> would be working on A3 and A1 and A0 and doing these big expressive stuff. A4 yeah. was my size that I worked on. So um, I love an A4 piece of paper. Um, anything bigger was just too intimidating for me. Um, so um, yeah, getting used to that bigger surface. I think my graphics tablet's like a 27 inch widescreen thing right. now. So, um, but you can zoom in and out. It's, 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 a, it's just a nice, easy workflow really. Yeah. So yeah, so it just streamlines everything, and like you, you were saying to me earlier, you you are sort of across. Well, you are across everything in battle systems, aren't you? You you are sort of a, a man of many talents. Uh, well, only you can say that. But uh, <laughs> uh, as yeah, I'm, maybe I'm just a control freak. But um, I, I, I certainly, um, I mean, there's myself um, who kind of designs the products and the terrain and it's my game and it's you know it's yeah. my rules and it's my it's my artwork on the terrain and it's my characters that get designed and I, I can you know totally sympathize uh, as well with that because you know obviously with the with my with my small business like my I, I do everything for that business you know that is my, my thing sure. the idea of sort of giving up any of it sometimes you're sort of like well <laughs> I'll just I'll figure I'll do it 
I think, it, uh, yeah, there's definitely a control thing uh, going on there. Um, but I mean, battle systems is not just for me. It, you know, uh, it, it might have been when I started, you know, for a bit. Um, but, you know, even, even uh, there's um, so, oh God, we've been going, I can never remember, it's like eight or nine or 10 years or something. No, let's say nine. Um, but, you know, right from the start, um, uh, a colleague of mine uh, from school that I knew, uh, you know, so we've known each other well over 30 years or whatever it is. Uh, it's probably longer, scary amount of time. Um, and, you know, he was like, uh, he'd put, put pull the website together because I couldn't do, I'm not a computery kind of guy. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's kind of been there from, 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 from the start as well. And now, for example, Wayne, he will, he pulls together the law. So, you know, for example, core space, you know, the game, it might be my game, my terrain, my characters. Uh, Wayne did do a character in the game as well, actually. Um, Evangeline, which is a cool character. Um, but we do, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, here's the thing, here's the setting, this is what it feels like. We've got these traders and we've got this and we've got this these killer robots and we've got that. And then what Wayne does, Wayne's got, Wayne's got really good writing skills, so he then pulls together like the lore. We have these massively long conversations about, you know, where they come from, what the law is and what this, that and the other and the arguments about gravity and, you know, and all sorts of different things. So, um, you know, uh, uh, when it comes to words on a page, um, that would be like where Wayne kind of starts to shine. He does a lot of graphical work as well. He's an artist as well. So he does like, you know, Kickstarter banners and, and on all, all the background kind of stuff that goes on with that. Um, and he helps with all the tooling and, 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 you know, so I will pass over a sheet that's got all the stuff on it. He converts it to PDFs and he does the, the, the everything I do in photo, I do in Photoshop. So, you know, and China doesn't always work in Photoshop. They'll need like a, a tool line in, in, in illustrator. So he right. then has the, the incredibly boring job of uh, converting it all to illustrate of line by line, you know? So, um, you know, so, so I, and all the time that's happening, it allows me to continue to push on and do X, yeah. Y, Z, you know? So, you know, Wayne's been with me right from the start. And then over the last couple of years, we've got a couple of other fellas come in. So we've got Stu, um, Stuart, um, and he's, um, he, he really has this amazing um, brain as far as, um, you know, making sure that, things are pulled together mechanically. So, you know, core space is my game. It's my rules. It's my idea. It's my blah, 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 you yeah. know, because I just, I'm a control freak, but ultimately, um, you know, he has this amazing ability to just like kind of, he's got so much game experience that, you know, working in the industry um, over the last um, eight years or so. And he just kind of pulls it together. So he's kind of like, okay, so you've got this icon over here that does this on this thing and this thing, or that, you know, that can become one icon and go over here. This can be pulled over to here. You know, this rule might contradict that rule, um, you know, and uh, it'd be better if we did, you know, but can we streamline this thing? So he will, he will kind of fight me and go, can we take these two things and streamline it into that? And I'll be like, you know, no, because it's <laughs> thematically blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, and sometimes he wins, sometimes I win, uh, uh, and we pull it together. So, uh, and, and he kind of pulls then the the rule books together, you right. know. Um, and he's, you know, um, he's really, really good at that. I, 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 I'm really not allowed to touch words, yeah, uh, anything to do with <laughs> words. I'm massively dyslexic. I'm, I, I was lazy at school, so um, I, I really can't read or write properly in any, you know, I'm like a child. So um, I do pass that on. Oh, it's just, it's, I'm just not allowed to touch anything that's a finished <laughs> thing. I don't, I don't do I don't even do the Kickstarter updates or anything anymore. It's yeah. a common knowledge between people who have been following us a long time that I just, 
I really shouldn't be mixing Mixing in the world of words. (laughs) I really shouldn't. I I, kind of see the way I see people, I see people as kind of um, uh, myself included as, as kind of uh, characters in a game, you know, and it's like, here's your, here's your 10 stats. You know, you've got your, your weapon strength and your skill and your da, 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 da. You know, you've got these abilities for people and it's like, right, there's, there's 10 things here you've got and you've got like um, each one's got a level of like one to 10. Here's 50 points, go and spend it. So I've spent all my, all, all my points in the arty farty stuff. I've just got nothing left for anything of the academic <laughs> kind of stuff. So, um, you know, uh, so I, 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 I'm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm very I mean, one-sided. You, you spend the points well. I mean, I've looked, I've looked, I didn't, I didn't realise for a second it was your artwork as well on the... Uh, well, the, the, well, ah, right. Okay. Well, no. So, so, so what happens is I've got, I design all the characters. Um, yeah. uh, so that's my artwork. There is some of my finished artwork. All of the terrain is my artwork from, yeah. from, 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 from ground up. So that is, um, yeah, everything on there. No one else touches that and, yeah. uh, uh, until it gets to Wayne uh, when it's converted to a PDF from uh, a Photoshop to PDF, uh, for printed in China. Um, the characters are all mine, but I can design a character within about an hour. Um, sometimes it takes longer. Some of them have, have, you know, have taken a day because they need to be a certain way and fulfill a certain role and it's very difficult to do. But generally I'll bang out a character within about an hour um, and, or an hour or two. But if I'm going to color that character in, if I'm going to color my drawing in, it takes me eight to 12 hours to do that. Right. Now, just to give you an idea, Core Space, when it first launched, had 48 different characters in it. Wow. So you can imagine if I was to spend, to, so what we do, we pass the artwork for the final characters in core space um, off to a guy in America who is an amazing artist. And he's done all of our game work uh, artwork up to date, I think pretty much exclusively. If, if, if someone else has done something that I think some, uh, yeah, we had some spaceship art done by someone else and stuff, but basically he's 99% this guy. His name's Nick Greenwood. He's absolutely amazing artist. Yeah. He's worked with loads of games companies and done loads of art stuff. Absolutely brilliant. You should definitely look this guy up. He's amazing. Um, and, uh, so what I do is I pass the character, my, my sketch off to my final character drawing off to him, which is often a very neat, very, very neat finalized character. And then he then has to redo that character, um, and do the color work because it takes me 12 hours to do that. He might, it might take him, you know, somewhere between four and eight hours to do it. So he's faster. Um, his color work is really good as well. Um, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do my color work any better than he could. Uh, personally, I think he's a better, better color work than me. He's got a nice touch. Um, and, and it means that I'm then free to carry on and design the stuff the company needs to kind of, you know, carry on because, yeah. you know, it, 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 I, it's very rare. I work less than 12 hours a day anyway. So you can imagine it, it, it if I did nothing else, and just had to color in all those characters. It take me 48 days to do that. We're working 12 hours a day, seven days away, uh, seven days a week without a break, you know, within that time, the company will fall apart. Yeah. So I really can't, um, you have so to pass it on at some point. I yeah. have to pass it on. So you've got, you've then got, so, so Nick does like the box art, um, for core space. Um, and he does then the individual characters for that. Um, but yeah, but they're, I mean, they're all my characters. Mm. Um, Having said that, there are again because of time, there are there are some characters and some of our expansions where I've actually written a design brief, 
and right. I'll be like, okay, Nick, do you know? I'm here's here, here's what this character needs to be, and then he does the original sketch. That's fantastic because yeah, I then get the excitement of seeing the character for the first time, which I'm not used to doing because I'm the one drawing it. So by the time yes. I finish the drawing, I'm I'm desensitized. Do yeah, still, so that's do really you nice. Still get that sort of. I mean, I know it's like. I mean, because. I think anyone that can draw or has any sort of artistic talent is is basically a wizard as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but um, you, do, do you still get a feeling when you see a new character and you're like, that's cool. Do you know what I mean? You get, when you see these designs for things that people can come up with, when obviously when you're doing them all the time, you don't you probably don't get it as much. But when you see something that someone else has, do you still get that feeling? Do you still get that, that sort of like little bit of like, I want to see this guy in action at some point? Yeah, I, yes, yes, I do definitely. So you know, um, if I'm at a show or I'm online and I'm, I'm seeing kind of like you know uh, other people's work, um, there's there's a big inspiration for it. I'm very kind of I'm very kind of choosy about the kind of um, artwork that I like. Um, I often find that when someone colours something in, it's I prefer a pencil. I, I prefer the pencils of anything. I always find that when work uh, artworks coloured in, it it, it becomes uh, diminished somehow. Um, which is why Nick is the one that just does all my colour work because he doesn't diminish anything with his colours. It just gets no, better. No, I, was, I, was saying, uh, I think they look. They are. Yeah, I, I, we just yeah. All the time he's going to grace us by uh, 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 allowing us to uh, you know to, to work together. Then um, you know uh, Nick, you know I'll have Nick's Nick's colours on it every single time. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's inspiration when I see other people's work. Is you just look at it and you just go, my oh, God, that's you know that's really amazing. Very occasionally, I will see something online that I come across often a pencil sketch or something like that and and I look at it and I click on it and I, and I find some stuff and I just take loads of screenshots as inspiration because and then I go back to that and sometimes just looking at work like that before you pick your pencil up is enough to I can't explain it it's kind of um uh it gives you that vibe to, that when your pencil touches the paper the light everything happens the way it should mm. it's like an inspiration it's like um it's like a it's like a mojo that you just get at that time that X factor. Um, any music... Somewhere in your head, you already know where you're going. Yeah, it kind of it's just it's just a feel. It's just like you know as you as you're drawing that it's going to go well. If there's any musicians out there, it's a similar thing that you know um, if you if you practice uh, your musical instrument a lot. Da, 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 sometimes you listen to a certain piece of music and then you go back to your uh, your guitar or your piano or whatever. Um, you yeah. just get a vibe and a feel that means that you just play better. You're not necessarily a better player, but you just play better. You're more in time. You there's there's a vibe to it that just it just happens and it's like magic. And it's the same with pretty much any art. I, I guess if you're a, if you're a potter, a drawer, or if you're a, you know a craftsperson, a blacksmith, there's 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 just a vibe. There's you, you go into the zone, and yeah. and things happen. And when you're not in the zone, I often just pop 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 my pencil down, just be like, you know what. Yeah, no, I don't want to force it um, because you waste your time. Yeah, yeah, and you just get frustrated, and yeah, you I do. Totally get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Artists are not. Yeah, I'm not not a very uh, forgiving person to myself. Um, creative people tend to be quite high maintenance. So um, yeah. Sound like my wife, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just tarring the entire world here with a very. very <laughs> With my big paintbrush, you're creative, you're hard work. Yes, yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 
Sweden right, you've, got, you've got this artwork, you know, you, 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 your terrain stuff, you know, you, as I say, you're knocking it out of the park with that. So then when does core space come around as an actual game, as far as, like, in your head? When did that so, actually come? Well, I, when, when I, the, the purpose of me starting Battle Systems was I wanted to, I wanted to create a game. That was right, right. from the off. But I'm also you know, I was a businessman for 20 years. So I'm also not an idiot to know that you can't just step in uh, and just create a game. Sorry, you can, you can absolutely do that. I just didn't want to, because I think that there were so many, if you like parts in the equation, so many things you have to do to bring out a game that I wanted to do, you know, just, just producing miniatures and the sculpting and the, Every, and the tooling and everything goes along with that is in itself is 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 a task. Then yeah. you've got you know, um, and I didn't want to just go in and create the game I wanted to create and then bring out a game that was, you know, great idea but sort of like you know seventy percent there. Yeah. So I thought, right, what can I do that I can do really well that will hopefully drive the business from a purely a piece of paper point of view. You know, a business is a piece of paper and it just wants to, it, it wants a profit, you know? So, so what can I do that I can, I can, that I'm good at. And I, and what I was good at was 3d, you know, I was good at um, uh, making the terrain for the games that I've been playing. So I thought, right, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I didn't want to put a game out because I don't think it would have, there's no way core space would have been what it is now if I'd done that. So I did the terrain and the terrain just went incredibly well. And so I'm like, right, okay, well, we did see, we did the sci-fi terrain set on Kickstarter and that completely blew out, blew out the water. I think it's like a thousand percent funded. And I was like, oh, what do I do now? You know? <laughs> um, and so I totally dedicated to myself to make sure that, um, that it was, completely done properly because was i know at the time when you saw those backers coming in you were like oh actually it, this, is, this is going to make the target and then some it, yeah it was a bit weird because it was yeah it was, it was our first kickstarter um luckily i had um I'd, I'd gone to a couple of shows with my print and play stuff um and uh, a guy come around called um chris birch who i don't know if you're aware of him from Medifius. Um, and yeah, he, uh, yeah he, he's basically, he, he's, a, he's an amazing guy, an amazing businessman, um, and the nicest guy you ever want to meet. And he basically just said, wow, I love your stuff. It's really, really good. Blah, 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 blah. You should put it on Kickstarter. And around about the same time, um, uh, same show, uh, some guys from Mantic come over and was like, Hey, you know, this is great. You know, you, you should put it on Kickstarter. And I was like, what is this Kickstarter? What are they going on about? You know? <laughs> so, um, I got a lot of advice. Chris, Chris Birch basically just said to me, look, if you want to go Kickstarter, he says, you just give me a Skype call anytime you want. He said, I'll sit with you. He said, and I'll just pass on some stuff. He said, because so many people make so many mistakes and it just destroys their life sort of thing, you know, and destroys the product um the uh, project sorry and, and and so on and so forth so um we it, he came over and did that with he, he just gave up his time um and hopefully i've paid him back many times um and he yeah and so i just followed that i followed the rules and and uh, and when the kickstarter launched we, did, we, we was going really well we got funded really quickly and i was like wow okay what happens now um and i just 
you just listen to the backers because they're like, oh, guys, you know, probably need to do an update because of this. Do I? Right, okay, do an update then. Boop, you know, if I go and um, and then you you talk, to, you start talking to your to your to your backers and your supporters, and they tell you about well, this. Don't do this, and people don't communicate properly and stuff. So mm. I made sure the communication was right and stuff like that. So we got a really good reputation for being an incredibly um, reliable um, company as far as Kickstarter is concerned, because yeah. we, you know, we uh, certainly in the early days, we were delivering on time. You know, we delivered, I think within a couple of weeks, we delivered on our date that we said we were going to deliver on for, for the first uh, three or four projects. Um, first one to actually deliver late was core space, but because of the complexity of it, yeah. And actually coming back to that, that's what I did. I kind of, I kind of went, you know, terrain, terrain. Then I did a fantasy version because that was really successful. And then we did an urban version and then we did another sci-fi version. Uh, and so it took a good four years. And then I was like, you know what, I'm ready. Yeah. Over the whole time I was, I was creating the game anyway. And I was bringing in our supporters to come over to my house and just like play the game. And they were like, oh, this is good. What about this? This is great. But the, the ammo's fiddly over here. How do we do this? you know uh do, do you really need ammo i'm like yeah we need ammo man we've got to have ammo you know so we're doing all this kind of you know um and and i was like right i'm ready and and then we did core space and core space is you know thousand percent better because it just took the time to be able to do it so i always wanted to do um again right from right from the absolute off yeah um and i just needed to make sure that the company was strong enough to um to support the game as yeah yeah it's, it's one thing sort of making the game but making it properly is is the most important thing isn't it you know you just you, you don't want to get a, a half-baked uh, project out there because no you know then you, you you've you lose your chance i don't i didn't want an 80 20 game basically um and the and like a lot of things in life it's certainly with artwork uh with music um with certainly creative things it's it's that last 20%, which is the difference between make or break. So, you know, um, it's, it's, if, 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 if you're an artist, often it's that last 20% of the X factor in the drawing that can takes most, you know, the most amount of time, mm. you know, it's a, you, you, you can bang off a sketch and you can put the basic colors down and all that stuff can happen in four hours and it'd be like, great, but you spend six hours then refining, but, but it's 80% there and you spend six hours doing that last 20%. And it's the same with, like I say, music recording, whatever it is you're doing. Um, I find that it's, it's, it's that, it's that last bit where you're kind of mixing your levels or your, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's the same with many, many creative things. And I just didn't want that to be, you know, and, and a game is just one huge creative product. Every part of it has got this thematic and aesthetic look to it. You've got the miniatures have got to be perfect. You know, um, you don't want a great game that's mechanically sound with, you know, rubbish miniatures and rubbish yeah. terrain, you know. So the terrain has got to be perfect. The miniatures have got to be perfect. The gameplay's got to be perfect. It's got to be fast to play, but still have the depth of an RPG. You know, it's got to yeah. have all of that stuff. And it has to have something that sets it apart from other yeah. games, you know, so... Well, I think I think you've achieved that. I mean, going back, even just looking at the way you do you do the the ammo, you know, those boards, pegs, <laughs> and stuff. That I, I, I now I look at it, I go, that's actually really obvious, but I don't. You don't see it. You don't see that sort of thing, and it's really clever, and it's like a real sort of quick way to just sort of manage your 
equipment, so to speak. You know, like that's, that's yeah. Really nice. And I think, you know, especially when you're sort of developing a game that does have this like role play element to it, things like that where people can go right, what's in the bag, and look in a box and actually have in the box and. You know, the terrain Absolutely. has a real part to play in it. It's not just something that your models are moving around. It is something you're interacting with. Like in, in, yes. In the crate, Absolutely. you are literally tipping stuff out of that crate and looking through it. It's absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something I used to employ in my old games, um, mm -hmm. you know, early on, just like tucking stuff under a mat or whatever. But I, I, uh, one thing that there's a few things that frustrated me about other games, you know, great games, but, you know, just things that you know, frustrate me. Um, and even on computer games, the, one of the biggest things was the fact that you could get on a computer game or a board game, you can get a character. And as long as you keep searching, you could end up, they could be, be having all sorts of stuff, you know? So they've got like, yeah, they've got like about six different kind of rifles and 30 mm. different guns in their inventory. And they've got, you know, they're carrying all this stuff and they're carrying this six, six, six different suits of armor they can put on. Yeah. And, and you look at them on a computer screen, you go, well, where is it all? You got yeah. it in like a little TARDIS pocket or something. Yeah, so the um, in the background. Yeah. yeah, and it's the same with board games. I'd, I'd I'd be playing a game and you've got like you're finding all these cards, normally equipments on cards and stuff, and you're just piling it up. I'm trying to move it around and it's just going everywhere. And I was like, oh, was that in my hand or was that over here? Yeah. Um, and being able to track it all and so I just, it just wasn't realistic that I've got this character with like you know six different types of baseball bat and seventeen machine guns and it just it's just not it, it just breaks the game for me. So um i wanted to have ammo i wanted to track health easily and skills uh in a kind of a stamina kind of way and i also wanted your character to be able to carry a certain amount and so have to make specific choices i also don't like the idea of um equipment being on uh cards like a deck that can be shuffled because mm. every time someone shuffles that deck or does a thing or takes a card it affects what you're going to find yeah. you know so you're, you're gonna you're heading towards a room because you want to search a room and as it goes around the table, people are shuffling the deck and moving stuff. And I'm like, it's changing what's inside that room. And for me in my head, you know, thematically, it's just like, that's wrong. Because in my head, whatever's in that room is to be found is in there right now at the start of the game. Yeah. And it should be there and it shouldn't change. Yeah, so, you get these weird things sometimes where you go into, say, like a lab and you'll end up finding something that just should not be in a lab at all. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, and you've got all of that kind of stuff. So I just think to myself, well, I, I feel like I need more real-world control over it, you know. Yeah. I don't want the game to be so real-world that you're, like, you know, walking into a room making a cup of tea. It's just boring. But I just want <laughs> the game to – I want the game to be able to kind of – when it's set up, I want to know that if I'm pushing towards – an objective over there to find out what's in that cargo crate. I want the stuff to not change while I'm playing the game. Yeah. So we, I developed it so that all the equipment is, is is of certain sizes and it fits on your tray of the the dashboard, which mm. you can pick up with your hand because it's the size of a mobile phone. So if you've got a big table, you can walk around the other side, just grab your, your slide your thing across without anything going anywhere. Um, and when I get to that cargo crate, I open the lid of the cargo crate, I tip it out of my hand. I can see it, no one else can see it because my player's not in that room. Someone else might, you know, my opponent might be in another room. Yeah. And I could be like, you know what, I'll have that. And I'll put it on my board and, I, and the stuff I can't fit on my board anymore, I'll stick it back in that car and I close it up and I put it back and I can go back in there. He can go in there because I might have put something good in there when I swapped it out if he's not paying attention. And I just want that. So, so we call that our real search. It's kind of that ability to, to be able to actually physically pick up stuff from a cargo crate. And if you can't carry it, you leave it in the cargo crate. It doesn't yeah. get shuffled to the bottom of a deck that you know you're not going to get for another like 100 cards later. Yeah. You know, if I then go out, if I pick up a couple of throwing knives and I'm like, oh, these are worth some money, I'll sell them after the game. And so I get attacked. I can throw them at people 
and maybe they break or what happens. I'm like, well, I'll go back in the room, pick up the stuff I couldn't carry before, and it's still there. It yeah. hasn't changed. It hasn't been shuffled anywhere else. And I can carry what I think is going to be good for me as a new piece of equipment or what I can sell and trade between games. And, and for me, it's really important to have those very basic things, which I feel that that really create make you make some really hard choices about what do you need what you're going to carry you know the the risk and benefit of of you know running into a room so if i've got space for four items and i've only got one space left um and it looks like a room surrounded by enemies do i really want to rush in there for the, just to be able to pick up one item yeah you wouldn't do it Whereas with other games, you could rush in there, defeat the enemies, and then like, you know, maybe draw five cards and walk out with absolutely, you know, hordes of stuff. So, so yeah, I, I just wanted that. I wanted that realism. And, um, and it's one of the things that gives core space its, its dynamics. Yeah. And I, I think you've got, you've got the idea that the clock is running as well. So it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't just sort of, I have to make these decisions quick because it's not like I'm going to be able to come back in about like eight turns time or anything, you know? Um, definitely it's um and and actually it's yeah because you've got the whole hostility tracker which is constantly rising yeah um you can't you can't beat core space because the enemies to a certain extent are infinite mm. and the longer you stay the more that come on you know um and and also the longer you stay as the hostility hostility tracker moves up into these different hostility levels so with core space it starts to relax then goes guarded watch your back cover me charge but and then it goes purge right at the end um when you draw the event cards, it, it, it depends on the hostility. You read a different area of the card. So the whole game kind of ramps up around you, um, which is kind of weird because one thing I hate about playing computer games when I was a kid was anything, as soon as you got a mission that's got a timer on it, I just hate it. I hated yeah. the stress of it. I hated all of that. I'm, I'm a real kind of hang around after the guys are dead and search every corner kind of guy. <laughs> so um, I really, um, but the hostility tracker, you know, it, it's not a timer like that. You can yeah. stay as long as you want. You don't lose the mission because you yeah. stay too long. You'll lose the mission because you stay too long and got killed by the multiple enemies. Yeah. Um, but that that wasn't, it's not a timer. But yes, it really does create, it's like... There is a sense of urgency. There is a sense of urgency. And, and a lot of people, if they're not used to playing core space, they play it like the, the traders, the crew, they've got are heroes. And what they'll do, they're just rushing, guns blazing, shooting, and you know, and they'll they'll get defeated pretty quickly. Um, what you should do is you should play core space as if you were at least one of those members of the crew, you know, and you will go in there as if you're, you know, this is just a job. Um, and you need to hide and you need to take cover whilst you're searching and you need to look at it and go, mm, look at the hostility tracker, look how far away the room is, look at the contents in your tray and just think, and, and it's knowing if you think, Oh, I've got maybe one or two turns and then I'm going to be in trouble. You probably haven't. And it's time to turn back because yeah. when you get an objective or you might get, find your objective or get what you want. Normally a game would finish at that point where hey, we won the game, but with course space, it's not because it's a, you know, it, it's, it's almost like a camp. Well, it is a campaign based kind of game. Every time you leave core space, you upgrade your characters, you decide what to sell and what equipment to get to, to, to keep and you move on and next mission, you're better for it. Um, so it, when, once you've got your objective, if, if you're like your crew's almost dead at that point, you've still got to get back to your ship. 
because you know you've got to get back to your ship and get your ship away from that board and then you can go and fly to the station and you know your trading post and do your, yeah. do your trading so core space is a game of knowing like you know okay you might only be halfway through you might not even have the objective you're like well, i can push on for the objective and maybe die or i can be happy with the loot that i found on the way to this mission um and and just make my way out and and even though you didn't get the objective you're still on a win because you've got new equipment you can sell. You've got more money to pay your crew. You've yeah. got um, new equipment to take into the next game, which means you'll probably get the next objective. So it's not a game. It's not, it's a bit more like real life. You're, there's no win lose. You kind of small increments as you sort of going up in, in yeah. small bits as you, yeah. Uh, you yeah. Slowly improve your gear. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be heroes until your characters are proper, like, you know, getting near to being maxed out with their abilities and stuff, then go in there with guns blazing because you've got the right guns and you've got, you've got a bit more health and you've got these new skills that you can use to get yourself out of it. You know, so uh, that's when it's time to be a hero, but you know, mm. certainly when you first start playing, none of your guys are heroes. They're really not. They're just, they're just like um, every day, every day guys, they're just trying to do their job and earn some money. Yeah. So as far as like, you know, the enemies in, in core space, you know, you develop this sort of, well, I want to say artificial intelligence, but you know, you, they can sort of they operate on their own essentially, don't they? They do. So, yes. how how challenging was that to sort of develop a system where they can sort of you know operate, be part of the game, you know, not being controlled by any one particular player, and yep. but still creating a really interesting game experience? Actually, this for me was one of the easier things to do, and the only reason is is because I'd spent most of my gaming life uh playing solo um most of my friends who were uh into games didn't live near um the friends that did live near you know i never talked i never talked talked about my shameful hobby of playing toy soldiers you know <laughs> so i would i would play all my games solo i would you know so i would have for example i would grab some 40k miniatures yeah. And I would just get rid of most of them <laughs> and I'd have like five, got five Marines and I'd give them all characters and I'd give them extra rules because I've only got five so I can really beef it up. Yeah. And then I would have like, I would take something like, I don't know, you know, the orcs or the Necrons or whatever it is. Um, and I would have then swarms of those as AI. So I would create a rule that, that says that would make sure that I wasn't controlling them. I wasn't biased. They always followed this step protocol yeah. um so I, I couldn't influence it in that respect so i was already playing with that and that it, for me it was a it was a logical choice because i wanted core space to be able to be played solo i yeah. wanted it to be able to be played um player versus player but also cooperative so the way core space works is kind of unique in the fact that if i'm playing core space with you you'll pick a crew i'll pick a crew we'll get some gear together um and let's say you sit one side of the board, I sit the other, and you've got the lovely terrain piece in the middle, this big space station, all 3D, you're ready to go in, stuff's in the cargo crates, and you know it's going to still be there, and there's other objectives set around the board. Um, <clears throat> and you go in, the hostility's quite low, maybe, depending on the mission. And so we'll go in, and there'll be one or two enemies banging about, you know, on the board, just wandering about. And they might be a bit of a nuisance, but it might be that we're both after the same objective. So you and I probably exchange a bit of fire. You'll mm. come into the room, I'll be behind a crate and I'll 
ding some shots at you, you know, um, and you'll be like, damn it, you know, and you'll move out of the room. You're like, how do I get in there? And we'll, we'll be against each other. But if we carry on trying to do this and at the same time searching the rooms that we can search and building our equipment, eventually what happens is the hostility goes up. The, the, the enemies get more and more. And at some point it gets to the point where if we don't stop shooting at each other, we're going to kill each other and the enemies are going to kill us as well. Because yeah. you know, and so what happens is we kind of like, look, you know, you kind of come to this like truce, if you like, and you work together to fight the game, to fight, fight the game backwards. Otherwise mm. you're all going to be in the storm. And it might be that I end up giving you a lift back out on my ship. You're like, look, I know we did some, I know we done some shots, you know, but this, you said we, some we things, shot each I other. Said some things. We said some things, but look, we're all going to die here. You know, uh, my enemy, blah, 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 etc. So yeah. I, you know, and it might be like, just take me out on your ship, man. I, 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 completely blocked off my side and i'll be like okay can do um what are you going to pay me and you'll yeah. look at your sh- current ship and how much um ua you've got universal assets that you built up over the games you're like well, i can pay you like 10 universal assets or something you know 10 ua or i'll give you this new bit of equipment up okay we shake on it and i'll get you out and we stop we stop fighting and mm-hmm. it might be that just you know it might be at the last minute i'll you know stab you in the back or vice versa you know or not because last time you helped me and I'm like, well, he didn't do it to me. And so I'm not going to do it to you. And so you get this really nice mechanic where the game, the AI will, will just come in and hunt you down the purge. They are a hive mind. They are harvesting the worlds. They just want your biomass. So they're going to be coming in. They're going to be doing what they do and they are relentless and they're, they're powerful. So um, you've got this AI. The other interesting thing is, is you've got at the same time, often when you first get on the board, you've also got another AI. So you've got the baddies, you know, you've got the enemies, you've got the purge. You've also got civilians. And the civilians are another AI element of uh, miniatures that are on the board because yeah. often you go into core space and, it, and you'll be in, you know, some sort of huge outpost um, that has got a bar in it and stuff like that. And so there's civilians kind of dotted around. Um, and those civilians are controlled randomly by uh, a chance dice, which has got some icons on it and it tells you, it tells them what they're, you know, what they're going to be doing. They might just often they might just walk or run in certain directions. They just like move around, which can be quite annoying when you've set a shot up at an enemy or something like that, and a civilian just like wanders in into view. You're like, oh yeah, god damn it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, like civilians do, just get in the way. Um, and uh, but they also might trade with you. They might join you for a small small amount of time. They might attack you. Um, often they'll go and hide. They'll they'll just you know run and hide or whatever like that. Um, and they're also targets for the purge because the purge are not biased about who they're shooting. They just want biomass. So, you know, so, so often, you know, a civilian walk into a room, but like, oh, God, you know, they're trade you for something like that. And then a, then a couple of purge are coming. You're like, ah, oh, but they're the closest target. They're shooting the civilian. You'd be like, right, I'm out of here while that guy's, you know, yeah. getting taken down. So, <laughs> so you've got this unique AI system, which means that when you enter the board, even if we're playing together or if you're playing solo, the game just moves around as it would do if you was the traders. You know, if you really were a trader and you went in there, there would be the killer robots in there and they would be shooting people. There would be civilians running around and, you know, you know, and it's likely that, a, you know, a civilian would come up to you and be like, I just need to join you for a bit because I'm really scared. Yeah. And once they join you, you get to control it. It's not chance anymore. You get to control that character. You're like, well, go and search that box for me because you can carry that for me. And then you get them back on your ship. And actually, if you do get a civilian back on your ship, you can kind of hire them. You know, and you can hire them at reduced cost because you effectively rescued them. Yeah. So, you know, you've got you've got this AI thing um, happening all the time, um, and I really enjoy the AI aspect because it 
it really does. Core spaces, I guess if you're playing player versus player versus player, you and I might have a game. You maybe you beat me and mm. you get the objective. So I might be a bit sore about that. But I but I still I still have some wins because I'll get back and I'll have the loot that I got up to that point. I'll have yeah. this, I'll have and I'll have experience. Just by playing the game gives my characters experience, which means that next time I get an extra career level on their card, which means I can dot an extra little skill on their skill icon, which means next time someone shoots me or something, I've got this ability to counter shot or, mm. or next time this happens, I can do this and sweep you off your feet. You know, I've got, and I can, I can skill my guys up. So you never really lose. Um, but the environment is completely unbiased and it moves around you like the real world, you know, yeah. you've only got a certain amount of control. Yeah. And I, and I love the, the introduction of, of say civilians, because it's often overlooked in these, in these games that you just have like an empty battlefield with no one around you know or love it love it love the, the civilians yeah it's a great it's a great addition i think i think it works it works really well um, it does that there's the other thing is sorry i'm, I'm no, going to talk, no, talk, talk and talk now uh, no. the other thing you, you've got these civilians that move around but with core space as well you've got other things as well so you've got um the you've got the galactic core which are the uh the effectively the space police yeah um and you draw an event card they may or may not but they may turn up and when they turn up they're going to rush in and as far as they're concerned, you're kind of pretty much smugglers. You're like the mercenaries, you know, because you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're not, not, you're, you're quite happily take the dodgy job, you know. So if you're, if, if the enemies are low on the board and they turn up, you're going to have to watch them because they're going to be after you. They yeah. could apprehend you. They'll be shooting at you. Um, you'll be the bad guys for them. But if they're still on the board and the enemies get up and the, 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 the hostage gets high and you get more enemies, they'll, they know the big threat of the galaxy. They'll turn a blind eye to you, to the more important target. So mm. in, often they'll end up helping you. So you can be in a game where you're like, I'm just not going to make it out. I shouldn't, I really shouldn't have just pushed this far and I'm going to lose my crew. And you might be pretty you know, annoyed about that because you spent quite a few games developing them. Um, and, and they will often be the savior. But at the same time, another group of NPCs, the gangers, kind of the opposite end of the scale could turn up. Now the gangers will attack you and or attack the purge um but you can end up with a fight between the gangers and the police and you can sometimes the gangs fight amongst themselves and that can save you there's so so you've got like you've got the main enemy you've then got the end you've got the civilians wandering around the police could turn up you could have the gangers turn up you've got um we've also got a set of civilians called workers and they're actually are similar they use the chance dice to move around but they have worker options you know they 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 can lock stuff and lock you in and you know their control we've got those guys we've got we've got rogue purge we've got things like bounty hunters coming so you've got all these other ai kind of elements within mm. the game that operate so when you move in when you move onto the board you could have an incredibly kind of you know um uh filled out world full of all the people you'd expect to kind of find in a, you know, a really good kind of sci-fi kind of gritty, dirty, um, cyberpunky kind of environment. Yeah. So speaking of a gritty, gritty and dirty environment, <laughs> is there, is there plans for a sort of a core fantasy, uh, core space fantasy? <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, there absolutely are plans of it. Um, it's, it, it was a secret for a bit but we're kind of like you know i think enough people kind of are getting the hint of it um yeah so so we got the original core space which is set in the cyberpunk kind of um you know the galactic central 
Uh, we've also got um, course-based firstborns, which is the one we just um, uh, we're we're working on now. Kickstarted last year, and we're getting close to you know that kind of fulfillment time, which is great. And what that's done, that's taken it away from there, and it's taken it to this incredibly amazing alien area over here. You know, um, many many mega parsecs, um, killer parsecs away from the uh, <clears throat> normal kind of uh, space. And you've got all the alien catacombs and you've got this and that's brought in a load of new and interesting characters and stuff like that. So we've what we do with core space in general is we build it through locations. So, you know, original core space is set in this area. Um, the follow up core space is not it's not it's not a it's not a remake of the game. It's not a um, it's not a replacement of it. It's just another location. And so later on, I'm sure we'll have like another kind of outlands kind of thing where you've got a lot of gangers and they'll be the main enemy. And, you know, over here, we've got the aliens over here. We've got the purge and over here we might have gangers as the main enemy. And we're slowly going to build the fifth Feel the galaxy so wherever you want to be in core space if you want to play it against gangers and cops and you know if you want to play it against you know incredibly powerful aliens if you want to push against the killer robots and we've got this one story that pushes through thematically pushes through the whole galaxy at the same time overlying story but you can be anywhere in the galaxy and have these different locations and, and play play this game um and because of that <clears throat> the galaxy is a big place you know so yeah. you've got you might have an area of the galaxy. So, so core space is set in the Perseus arm of our galaxy about 1500 years in the future. So, and we're, we're kind of a little bit away up from where the black hole is, where earth is and stuff. And, and there's an area, a very small area, which is massive, of course, but a very small area uh, around the galactic central thing where everything's happening. It, the, the firstborn is set right at the tip of the Perseus arm, somewhere we just can't get to before. But, you know, because of really interesting thematic things, which I won't bore you with because it'll just go on forever because I won't stop talking. Um, <laughs> we, you can get there through these Lagrange gates. And, and so we've then got this new area over here. But really, we're just the, the, the whole of the core space is really just in one arm of the spiral arm of that galaxy. Yeah, there's there's some, there's, some, there's more arms of that galaxy. There's more areas. And it stands to reason that there's going to be um another um populated area of the galaxy which you know is not necessarily uh as advanced as core space it's it's i'm trying i'm trying to talk about it without blowing any kind of you know um uh, without any spoilers but um I guess the time frame is unimportant because that would be a spoiler. But the point is, is that it will be a fantasy setting yeah. um, with a few twists. And, you know, it can be set in that same galaxy um, and That's be completely, fant completely fantasy. And so you can kind of link in uh, thematically. You can link that in with existing core space in a completely fantasy setting hmm. and that's not mean that we're going to really push and try and shoehorn it into the original core space what it means is is that if you're a core space fan and are playing the core space games when you play the fantasy game you will no doubt think hang on a minute there's come some kind of link here you know which is yeah. kind of i wonder if this and i wonder if that and we'll just let that slowly develop over a very big arcing story for the entire galaxy yeah. so you know 
we could have, we, we're building the core space over here. We're building what we're calling at the moment fantasy core space over here. Um, you know, and but it's, it's all in the same galaxy. So it, it's very interesting the, the story uh, that, that could potentially unfold. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to. Yeah, I like that together. idea. I mean, with, when, when I asked about it, I, I just assumed it would be sort of its own separate entity, but having it all within that universe, I really, I really like that. It sort of reminds me of the old sort of Stargate um, stuff, you know, where they would go through a gate and they'd be in different environments every time. They would, um, and they'd be like a they'd be in a village, which is yeah. clearly like you know technologically inferior, but in a strange way have some kind of chemical or something that that is incredibly advanced, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, it very much so. I mean, we do have these um, as part of the terrain um, and part of the core space. Uh, we do have uh, these portals which allow you to travel from one place to another. So you could you could effectively with the right mission, you know, be in core space location one over here and go through a portal and end up in the firstborn space mm. over here, you know, and you can really kind of you know, marry the two together in that respect. It stands to reason that, uh, I mean, the firstborn themselves are um, the, the alien firstborns. They are, they predate everything in the galaxy. So when they were in the galaxy, in the spiral arm of the galaxy, um, they were the only sentient living beings. There was nothing anywhere. And they know because they explored it all with their technology. They have like huge Dyson spheres and they, you know, their technology is, is, is immense. Um, and they just, they just, for want of a you kind of went to despair because they were alone mm. um, and there was nothing left to find. Uh, and so society kind of dies away and there's a, a fanatical faction that kind of went to sleep basically many 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 millennia ago um and they just went into this big long sleep and they didn't really want to wake up until you know many millennia, millennia in the future but we disturbed them the traders disturbed them they've woken up and something's gone wrong they're gone a bit insane and you know his firstborn core space very 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 cool yeah. um but those guys were about many millennia traveling around the galaxy it stands to reason they sent people out and they sent people around the galaxy um and so you know it's also logical that their method might be this kind of you know to be able to travel through these portals these rips in space these um terrain pieces that we've got so there is this big kind of much further down the future line to be able to bring things from one part of the galaxy to another um there there is also a time aspect to it as well as far as when things might be set which might yeah. be quite interesting as well because the purge at the moment are slowly emerging from the black hole and are slowly taking over the galaxy right. so you know over a period of you know many 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 thousands of years they will if not stopped basically turn the galaxy into nothingness they will they will consume all biomass and destroy the galaxy um so um it might be interesting to see what timeline the fantasy set in whether the purge have already done that and this is what's grown out of it or whether the, you know, the purge have even been, because, because we know the purge are moving into the spiral arm of the galaxy, but we don't know whether they're moving into other spiral arms yeah. of the galaxy as well. So there could be this weird kind of thing going on, but, um, but yeah, I've already said too much. So. Oh, it's great. It's great. It sounds like it's just such a great scope to just really sort of go with it and just have fun with it. I just, I just love this, love it. You know, Alex is a big the, place. <laughs> yeah, and I and I love the idea. You know, like you know, it's becoming really popular now with 
you know, you've got your crew and you can upgrade them as you go. If you're going from different environments, you can have your sort of own sort of personalized campaign almost. You're going through you different, different environments and stuff. Yeah, I absolutely love that idea. And it's the sort of thing as a, you know, as a gamer myself, you know, what I like the most is, is that where you have that development of your team or your characters and it they, is. things happen to them that gives you, gives them a little bit of their own uniqueness, you know, in that particular campaign. I think it's great. And I think it does. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I can't wait to get my hands on any, the new. The new <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as, I mean, as far as, as you're concerned, do you have any sort of like, do you have a favorite genre to work in? Is it, is it for you? Is it sci-fi for you? predominantly or cyberpunk or do you have something that just really sort of clicks with you okay so i think you know from a business point of view um i would uh, the right thing to say is that um i'm 50 50 fantasy and 50 50 um sci-fi because i'm a, we're about to you know move into development of a fantasy but that would be a lie so i won't say that um uh, yeah i i'm absolutely a sci-fi guy without a yeah. doubt um always have been so um, I would, I would always lean towards sci-fi, um, and the thing is, I'm a big, I am a big fantasy fan, but I'm very much with fantasy. I'm going to find it difficult to explain, but I, I'm not so much kind of like. It's going to sound strange. I'm not so much like elves and wizards, and you know, I'm not. I'm not so driven by the. And I guess it's the same with uh, science fiction as well. I don't. I'm trying to find a way of saying I have my own style without it sounding pretentious. But I, I don't. I don't. I, I have a view of what I feel sci-fi should look like, hmm. and hopefully that comes across in core space um, yeah. because of. Uh, and in fact, with Core Space, I had to kind of my original characters I designed were so very kind of subtle almost that they'd be great if I was going to dress the actors up and have them act on a stage because mm. you know direct it as a as, as a film or TV series because you'd get the nuance from their acting and their emotions and the the script and all that kind of stuff. But in a game, I I kind of like I see Core Space as a game that you direct. You see, so yeah. I kind of like I designed these characters and of course by the time you put them down on miniature, it's like I was like it was almost like you know Wayne and I were looking at them. It's like a bit boring really because of the character you know. So I had to kind of almost pull away from that and, and kind of uh, exaggerate some of the stuff and core space is better for it. Yeah. Uh, one of the very weird things you learn when you're uh, putting a game together. Um, but, but I guess the point I'm making is I don't like to just lean straight onto like, you know, the big sort of like, you know, space traders, cowboy hats and, you know, all this kind of, I don't like the extremes. I like the more subtle, but something with a twist, uh, and I think with the fantasy, it would be it'll be the same thing. I'll have a wizard, you know, effectively, but it won't be it won't be the wizard you're looking for, you know. Or should I say, yeah. well, it might not be the wizard you expect, but it'll be the wizard you like, you know. It'll be something a, 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 a little bit uh, different. I guess I've got to deliver on that now. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, um, you said that. There you go. Yeah, I've, but, but, so for me, um, I, I've kind of just really excited about getting into the, the fantasy. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a massive, massive Lord of the Rings fan, which is a yeah. contradiction because it's got elves 
and it's got the classic wizard and it's got oh, yeah I mean, it's big but, fantasy really isn't it it's- it is it is um and uh, but there's something uh, but i love the i love the kind of um i love the non brightness of um lord of the rings i like the fact that it's kind of almost like filmed in a sepia you know yeah. i don't I don't it's do it anymore, but are you? World, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's yeah. a bit like you know. It's a bit like Empire Strikes Back. You know, yeah. it was grimy. You feel like you could be there, um, and and that's what that's what I feel with um, the uh, the Lord of the Rings, for example, Hobbit, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, for for many many years, I, again, I don't do it anymore. But for many years, I actually used to set before, way before Lord of the Rings. But I used to. I, I actually used to set my telly with like the the brightness. Uh, sorry, the um, the color sort of like just not saturated down a little bit on the settings because oh, really? everything just looked a bit better and less yeah. bright and less, you know, I'm very anti and actually it shows in my artwork. Everything I do is kind of my favorite color is tan and right. all my stuff is kind of like shades of shades of brown. Stuart will always, <laughs> you know, uh, say to me like, you know, yeah, shades of tan. Um, yeah, I mean, so um, it's like the old problem that sci-fi used to fall into that everything was so brightly colored. Oh, I hate, yeah, I hate it. I mean, it has its place, you know, yeah. you know, you've got to, you've got to, got to forgive it for, for maybe when it come out. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I really do, you know, and that's what I wanted to achieve with Core Space. I wanted this kind of muted kind of, um, you know, and, and originally it was just too muted. So we, you have to, you have to push it up a little yeah. bit and give it, give a little bit of color. Um, there's certainly a balance there. Um, and I think with, the, I, I guess the very long, broken way of me getting there is that I want the fantasy to have that kind of you know almost that 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 same kind of feel um but the way I see core space or should I say the mechanics of core space is that is the way core space works as a game mechanically um is the physics of the well of the of the games that that are that that we create so it will run around it. So if you play core space, you will immediately be able to pick it up because people still need to move. They still need to interact. They still need to attack and do their things they're going to do. The difference is, is it's not going to be, you know, blasters and, you know, combat knives and, you know, medi stims and, you know, uh, combat stims and stuff. It's going to be different. You know, there's going to be magic, but it's not necessarily going to be different. Maybe it'd be based on science. Maybe it'd be based on, you know, I mean, what, you know, what is magic anyway? It's just science you don't well, understand. So point of view, like I say, like I said to you earlier, I think people that are good at art are basically wizards. So yeah. <laughs> it's a perspective. It is a perspective. It's that whole thing. You go, yeah. you go back, you go back uh, to caveman times and, you know, you, you've got a lighter, you're yeah. a wizard, you know? So yeah. um, I think, so I'm really looking forward to working on fantasy core space because it's going to, it's going to, it's going to run with the same physics that our world runs on which core space runs on um which real life runs on you know physics of moving around stuff um but it'd be really interesting to pull in the different aspects of fantasy and i'm I'm just really i've I've drawn some characters already i'm really looking forward to um putting pencil to paper and watching the characters come to life and slightly um uh scared as well of the you know the challenge of it you know I'm like oh is it? but I'm the same with every project project it's like oh will I be able to will I be able to pull, will I be able to pull off this particular type of character or will I be able to do this so I'm going to be doing uh, there's going to be a lot of Google and a lot of 
kind of pre pre um fluffing up for me to get me kind of like ready to where i want to go where i want to get to you know so uh yeah i needed i need a google fluffer to get me uh, to where i need to be <laughs> awesome no i love the sound bit i think i think it's going to be great i'm really really looking forward to that well um, i hope so yeah i, I mean i'm for me i'm i'm fantasy you know that, that, that's my thing and anyone that does something slightly different with it i'm a yeah. sucker for it because it just brings you in it's something something unique that you know you still got all the bits that you love because it's still fantasy but if they do it in a slightly different way yeah yeah you can't go wrong with that well, well I, I, hopefully i now that now that then and we've, we've 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 certainly been had our arm twisted up our back by so many of our lovely supporters over the last so last well since core space come out you know, they're just, they play it and it's like, oh my God, when's fantasy, oh, please. You know, we've got people <laughs> playing sports space that wouldn't normally touch a sci-fi game, yeah. but they're just loving it. And they're like, if you do this in fantasy, I'm going to, you know, lose well, the rest, lose 10 years of my life. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, not lastly, but I just want to quickly touch on it. Um, so for you, with the whole pandemic and everything, how's lockdown been? Has that changed how you've been working or, or how have you been with that? Uh, yeah, it's changed how I've been working. Not as much as, not as, much as many uh, people would have changed. Um, so Battle Systems is, like I say, uh, um, you know, it's not a big, it's not a huge company. I mean, you know, as a presence, we've got a pretty big presence now. You know, I mean, Core Space is on its, I can't even remember, I think it's on its fourth print run. Um, and it's a bit weird because normally what happens is your first print run is your biggest mm. and then your second will be considerably smaller. And then if you can, you'll keep doing some print runs to replace, you know, as, as stock, you know, disappears from the stores, etc. Um, but it's really weird because core space hasn't followed that pattern. It's kind of, it's kind of gone print run, big print run, Kickstarter, all that stuff. And then selling out, you know, I think we're supposed to have like 18 months supply to last us. And then we'll see how the game goes, you know, then I'm going back, you know, a few years. Yeah. And then, But it didn't, it lasted like seven months and we were all panicky. And the next print run we did, we was like, well, we've got to be really careful second print run because that's where it goes wrong. You don't want to order too much, you know, as, yeah. as, 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 as the interest dies down. So, but we took a chance and we ordered extra and we thought, well, it, well, and yeah, it was like, you know, it was half gone before we even got it in, the, you know, in, into, into yeah. the warehouse. So yeah. it's like, right. So we, so each time we do, I think we're on the fourth print run. It's like the biggest print we've ever done. So for some reason it's doing that. And it's, I guess it's because we're supporting it. So we do things like mission Mondays mm. and we constantly support it. We've got products coming out that support. We've got all that. So we, I, I guess we're doing some great things. Um, so, as, as a business, we're doing really well, but we're still just like, well, currently for what we're just, just like four guys, basically. Mm. And we work from home. We don't have big offices or anything like that. So as far as, so you've got myself um, and then you've got Wayne and you've got Stu and now we've got uh, Drew as well, <laughs> Stu and Drew. And we've got Drew uh, who we brought on board because we just can't handle the administration of, of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've got, we, we, we used to be exclusive to our web shop, but over the last couple of years, we're retail as well. So, um, so I, th I think, um, but we all work from home. So it's kind of weird because 
in one respect, nothing's changed with the pandemic. You know, it's mm. kind of like we're still here. Um, I live off of Amazon probably for getting stuff. Yeah. You know, if I need something whether for work or whatever, printer cartridges or whatever I need to do, it just comes through, you know. Yeah. So there's real no, cha- no, no real change there. Um, uh, my, my, my lovely wife, she's, um, she's, a, she's a silversmith and stone facet or goldsmith and she oh, wow. works from home anyway. Yeah. And so we kind of, we kind of like, we just, we're always working at home anyway. Um, I guess the, Big difference is I've got three kids um, and with the schools being shut, mm. the kids are also at home. So what you've got, you've got all the homeschooling um, yeah. stuff like that. And, that, you know, and so I guess the day has been um, moved around. Uh, it could be that you'll be working, you know, if you won't work for two hours in the morning, which is really weird. And then you, you then it's lunch and then you have to do this thing. So there's a lot more evening work and, and stuff like that. But it's kind of, in one way, it's kind of forced me to take a bit of time off, which I mm. never do. So I would say from, I mean, I, when I started Battle Systems, I, I still had my day job and I, and I ran the two companies together um, for um, two years. Well, I didn't run two companies. One, I worked for a, a, a company, a, a big company. And so I was kind of doing my day job. I was getting up at like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning going from, I mean, Redditch was like West Midlands, Birmingham kind of area. And I'm, I'm traveling down to maybe London twice a week and then into Birmingham. So I'm up at sort of five, six o'clock in the morning and I'm getting home at sort of seven, eight o'clock at night, yeah. eating dinner. And then from nine o'clock onwards, I'm working from like nine on battle systems through to like one, two o'clock in the morning. Then I'm getting up at five, six o'clock. And I, I, did, I just did that for like three years, working the two together yeah, until the yeah. point where I just couldn't do it anymore. No, there's so, definitely a time limit on that sort of schedule. There is. Thing. Yeah. And so when I gave up, I was kind of like, right, great. So now I'm going to have, I can get and do a full, you know, full day on battle systems. It's going to be great and all the rest of it. But what actually happens is, is that the by that point, the company was accelerating very fast. And so what happened was I just had to keep up with the company. Mm. And so from from our, from from three years four years into the company at that point i started working anywhere between 10 and 14 hour days every day like just every day no days off non-stop um and i did that for quite a f- i did that for quite a few years and of course when you're running a kickstarter it's 17 and 18 hours a day yeah so um and over the last i would say over the last two years i've tried to kind of cut that back because i'm not a young chap anymore you know i'm 47 years old so i've got to look after uh, myself and you know and so what happens is i kind of pull myself back a little bit and i've been trying to work less but still doing 10 to 12 hours a day minimum and i think what the pan one thing the pandemic has done with the kids being at home is i've just not been able to do it i've just not Mm. been able to do a 10 to 12 hour day. So I will, you know, and this is where it comes to that point where, you know, Stu's saying to me, oh, I really need, really need the next workers, ske- character sketches. I need four characters, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, right, 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 right. And I was like, why don't, why don't I write a character brief and give them to Nick? You know, yeah. in fact, he, 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 he said, why don't we write a character brief and give them to Nick? You know, and I was like, you know what, I'm up for that. Because yeah. did, it, did it did four characters before they were really great and I was like okay let's do that so there's this there's this really tough thing for me to be able to kind of pass off 
you know, a very, a very enjoyable part of my job. Mm. So I, I kind of, with the pandemic and with the kids being off, I'm working less, um, but I'm also learning to kind of pass off things that I wouldn't normally allow anyone to touch yeah. without a Kung Fu chop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, anyone comes near to like, can I draw a character? Roundhouse kick, straight to the end, that's <laughs> it. You know? Um, so I, I would I would kind of like my my Gary, anyone that just gets near it. And I think what happens <laughs> is I would I would I uh, I'm kind of learning to kind of just pass that stuff away. And I think that's that's probably a a, a good little bit of growth for me because I I just can't do it all. Plus there's aspects of the job that I that only I can do. And I know that because I've tried to find people to help me with it and it just doesn't work Yeah, because they'll want to use, well, how do you design this? You use CAD or you just it's like, no, you just, you just know how it works and you draw it. needs to be done in this way. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, you know, oh, yeah. so, you know, if, even if I could find someone else to do the terrain aspect of it, it requires, it, it takes them longer mm. and it requires CAD and it requires da, 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 and it's like well by the time you've done that I could have done this myself so there's aspects yeah. of the job that only I can do so I, I, I kind of try and focus on that so it does mean I need to farm out stuff but I but but then I approve it all and adjust it yeah. you know um and you know the other thing with artists as well is not only do they not like farming stuff off but they don't like change they don't like people changing stuff you yeah. know so I don't um you know, you don't want someone to do a drawing and then someone change it. And this, this is where Nick Greenwood's amazing because he'll come back and he'll he'll do his interpretation of the thing. And I asked Nick very early on, I said, look, do you mind as another artist if, because I'm not very good with words, as you probably realise this whole conversation. And I, I'm kind of like, I, I, I Skype the guy, I just like, do you mind if, and I, I feel horrible every time I do it, but he'll send the character through. And what I'll do, to, instead of me trying to explain it and then he does something and comes back I, I grab his drawing I'm, I, and I draw on it and manipulate it and, and just say, did it like this. Um, and every time I do it, I, I cry a little inside because if people were doing that to my work, I'd be like, you know, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? You know what I mean? Um, and it'd be another, you know, wash goes to the head. But I, I just, uh, but he's, he's really good in the respect that he's just kind of like, you know, um, that, uh, it, it yeah so being able to kind of just pass stuff off and have it come back and just approve it um and compromise and i think that's what's happened with the covid is is that it has kind of allowed me to realize that maybe i can work eight hours in a day yeah and still you know be be productive and relinquish a little bit of control yeah because as, as much get as used to doing is, that yeah because as much as it is your sort of baby i think you know working at such a pace for so long is, is only going to wear you out surely oh it has many times before yeah, yeah I've, I've had i've certainly been exhausted uh, like proper exhaustion not what people say oh i'm exhausted i mean like proper mm. exhaustion you know it catches up on you yeah. so i'm um yeah so i'm learning to do that and i think that's probably um that's probably a positive mm. of, uh, uh, you know if i had to find the silver lining that would be it but with yeah. the kids off it it's kind of kind of tough and you know um it does it does put a lot of pressure on it and the other thing is is that you know you've got this personal space thing haven't you so you yeah. know there's five of us in the house we get out for our hour walk but we're still kind of together you know so you have this this which everybody's going through you know this dynamic of like you know uh, you know myself and the wife have always been used to working together you know mm. we'll be in the same house anyway because we both work from home 
but just not having that opportunity to just be able to go out for a day and get that space. So you do start yeah. to get under each other's feet. You know, I'm sure everyone, you know, is feeling it with families and, you know, my family's quite young, so it's quite, quite, um, you, it's quite demanding as well. So there's kind of all those pressures. So we, we, you know, I'm, I'm feeling that just the same as everybody else. Yeah. Um, and that affects work as well, because if you, you know, you can get a bit miserable with things like that and, and it affects your, um, your ability to be, creative as well yeah i think from what a lot of people have told me it's the change of routine as well because mm. a lot of people's sort of production productive times comes from right i've got to get up at this time do this that's when i'm working yep. you yep. know and they've had that taken away so it's a bit of an adjustment for them um, it is it is yeah yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. so you say about your time but do you get any time for any sort of hobby projects or are you painting anything at the moment I, I try to, I try to paint. No, I did do some painting. I, I, I get these little whims where I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to paint this thing. I'm going to give, I'm going to give an hour to day, an hour a day, an hour is like gold mm. dust. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going to get an hour a day and I'm going to do this thing. And the only way I can make, the only way I can make it work, if my mic goes a bit, I'm looking behind myself at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I've got my paint station set up in the corner of my desk and I, and I keep moving it to more and more prominent positions. I managed to paint a um, I managed to paint a couple of a couple of figures uh, in lockdown last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and when I got to the end of it, I was exhausted. So um, I was just kind of like, no man, this is just too much. It's too much hard work. So what I'm doing in my spare time now um, is well, two things I want to do in my spare time. One is experience my other hobbies like. Mm -hmm music uh, and getting on and creating you know interesting music and um and just trying to get back get myself fit again and you know do some of the things that you know that make me happy um so creatively try and do some stuff like that so it's kind of non-gamey yeah um that's one thing the other one is actually just to play core space because um i you know i'm core space is 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 here because it's my game that i play yeah. on a regular basis uh, and uh, I really just yeah I'm missing missing uh, missing playing you know regular core space. So right now I'm I'm actually just getting to play at the moment because uh, we're doing some final um, game testing. Mm. I get to play a, a, a core space firstborn campaign, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm a game and a half in, um, so that's enjoyable and it's work at the same time, which is great. Um, so I've got I'm looking around my office here. What I try to do is. I just try to set things up so that the biggest issue about if you want to paint a figure or whatever, it's, it's the setup time. It's not the, it, it's kind of the setup. It's getting everything out. If I want to yeah. play guitar, cut guitar, I've got to kit it all out. So my room's set up now where I've got all my music stuff kind of like kitted onto the walls. So I can literally just like pull a thing out, press a button. It all goes on so I can sit down. So if I've got an hour, I'm not spending like 25 minutes setting up, you know, 10 minutes playing and then, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. So, so I'm, I'm kind of my, my, my office I'm looking around now is set up for obviously battle systems, but it's also set up for music. It's my paint stations in the corner, which hasn't been touched for about four or five months. Um, and I've even got some exercise stuff over in another corner. So it's kind of all set that I can just pick things up and drop this and grab that it's ready and, to go when you want it. Yes. So that if inspiration hits, you know, uh, I can just pick up my thing or whatever and note some stuff down and just do it. And so yeah. I've created this little routine, which I've been doing 
for about the last two months, which seems to be working. I'm getting a little bit of time to do other things. Yeah. Um, not really gamey though. So the one thing I'm missing out on the moment is the ability to play other games. Yeah. Um, which I think is important because um, every now and again you play a game, you're like, oh, that's clever. Mm. I like, you know, I like the thematic idea of that, or I like the da 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 da. And it's all inspiration that kind of flows into something else. So the Absolutely, one thing I'm not doing yeah. is playing enough games at the moment um and uh yeah but there's not yeah there's uh, not much i can do about that at the moment <laughs> so uh but uh, yeah covid is a strange one obviously it's a terrible thing that's going on um and, uh, and it's definitely affected um it's affected everything um oh, family yeah. life and battle systems you know um yeah. but i'd say we're not as affected as not as affected as many many people out there mm. who work for companies and are furloughed and all the other things or losing their jobs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, so, so we've, um, we've been able to have the shop open and, you know, it's been crazy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we're, yeah, I, I feel that um, I'm very lucky at the moment that I am, uh, we are doing okay, you know, so, um, yeah. Yeah, and like I say, there, there, are, there are silver linings, you know, like, you know, we're, I've been pushing forward with this podcast, which which is doing really well. And, yes, you know we, you know we're looking at new things, and, and I'm meeting all you like people like yourself that are just would never have a chance to meet. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, you know, lo- I, I love this. I love I love doing podcasts. I love especially at the moment because you know so socially, <laughs> you know, it is it, it is, and I just I just really really enjoy a, just a good I just really enjoy a good chat, and I, I just love talking about space yeah and you know I, I, I love talking to people about the, what they like what they're passionate about and it's it's just it's just so much fun really really been, i'm really enjoying it so but just the very last thing i want to ask you is cool. what are you looking forward to for 2021 okay well i'm looking forward to coming out of lockdown um yeah. for just all the reasons we just spoke about <laughs> uh i think for for me in battle systems, I'm looking forward to um, you know working on the fantasy core space. I'm I'm proper. I'm I've got a few things I've got to finish with the first bond Kickstarter now, but once that's done, I'll be full on. There's always this tipping point throughout the year when I kind of I start working on stuff for the new project, but I'm really not finished with the old. And I'm yeah. And then at some point, I, I kind of make that call to Stu, and I like it's nothing else that you need for me for this it's going to happen for, 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 you know, for first ball. And he's going to say to me, no, there's nothing else, nothing else that I need to do for that. And at that point, that's the tipping point where I can be like, Oh my God, thank God. Because it means I can really just totally focus on, in this case, hopefully the, um, the, the fantasy. So yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to that as far as from a business point of view, from a personal point of view, um, probably, um to get a little bit to 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 get to learn from passing some work off to other people and actually get a little bit more personal time to you know play my guitar or you know do some stretching do some whatever that is just just get me get get me back into the things that um that are important i'm quite um i i wrote a uh I wrote a list one evening. I didn't know what to do. I was, I was like sitting there. I was telling myself I mustn't work. And I thought, right, okay. So I wrote down 10 things that make you happy. 
So I wrote those 10 things down. And so I'm making sure that I'm picking up a few of the things that I haven't done for years and, and just, just pushing and making sure that I get back into them. So I'm looking forward to 2021 to have a little bit more of a balance um, work to home life, as it were. Yeah, and that's only, only going to help battle systems at the end of the day. It, it, it will. Do. Well, it, it's, it's, the, it's the right thing to do. And it's something that, that um, I put off for a long, long time. Um, and uh, yeah, through doing it, and it's just something I used to preach in my old job as well. It's like people who wouldn't take off. I'm always moaning at the missus about this. It's like, you need a day off. You need to take some time off because she's like, yeah, but if I don't, if I don't cut this stone now, I won't be able to do this thing with it tomorrow. I was like, yeah, but you know, um, it just means you'll be cutting the stone tomorrow, but you'll be, you're less likely to make mistakes and you're less likely to, you know, take a wrong turn. You might even be faster. You might make your time back. You just need to time. And I used to preach to people in my old job all the time for that. Look, just take some time off, take some time off, refresh yourself, come back. You'll be faster. You'll be stronger. So it's time I started listening to the, to the, uh, the crap that I used to preach to other people, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's easier to give the advice than to take it. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, unfortunately, unfortunately it is. Um, so I, I guess I'm, I'm, I guess I'm looking forward to those, those two things. Oh, brilliant. Well, Colin, thank you so much for this podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Um, all the success battle systems as, as, as experience that so you fully deserve, and I'm sure it's going to go from strength to strength um we're definitely going to be getting core space in the shop as well and i know there's a dedicated few people there that want to actually push that out to foot to more people within our little community as well so yeah you, well, yeah we can, we can support that no, no problem amazing amazing and like i say i wish you all the best mate thank you so much for for jumping on this podcast look thanks for le letting me come on and uh talk about stuff like this i almost never get to no one ever asked me about um, this kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? No one ever, yeah. no one actually ever really asked this kind of stuff unless I'm on a podcast. So it's not, it's actually nice. Uh, it's nice to just have a good old chat about it. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And it's been, been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for having me, mate. Cheers.